yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, she tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Cavill, yeah. you know what he be talking about. Talking Mike about. and Charles, talking they know what they be talking about. Talking they about. can press the analytic data with your hip hop if you know him like I know him. Yeah. They're gonna tell you if your team, if they want to allow that. So listen to Professor uh, Yes, sir. Yes, and pay attention because he's gonna teach a lesson. Yes. This is Dr. Cavill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike is still out on assignment. Man, last. I heard that he was spotted on a beach in Brazil. I'm not sure. I just get these <laughs> random texts talking about, well, you know, you see, I'm flying out on the plane. I'll be like, man, you've been flying out on a plane like every two days. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. But with that said, it is Sunday morning. So we have the guest lecturers in the building, including Charles Bishop, a full professor right here on the show. This is Dr. Wills inside the HBC Sports Lab. With Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, Mike is out on assignment. Welcome to episode 312 of Inside the HBC Sports Lab Show and Podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBC dash for all things HBC sports. From institutions large and small from the NEIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBC sports culture, HBC athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBC athletic programs in the business of HBC sports. We just call it the HBC sports pedagogues. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Gaville, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. In the building today are none other than our guest lecturers. We have Professor Johnny Walk- Jane Walker, as well as B.J. Jones, and Professor Joshua Sims. As we are all getting it done, we have Professor A.D. Drew. So we have the full plethora of all these guest lecturers in the day. Let me start it out with that first game. I think it's the largest, and I might be understating it, upset between HBCU division foes that we've had certainly this year. It may be I'll get to B.J. Jones, he may say in some time, uh, last decade almost, when you had the upset, upset with Lane College out of SIAC in Jackson, Tennessee, coming over to Nashville over Tennessee State of the OVC, 28-27. For those that didn't catch it or hear about it, it went into overtime where Lane went for a two-point conversion after Tennessee State scored their first touchdown and kicked the extra points. Coach was like, look, man, we came this far. Uh, You thought they were going to win it in regulation, a big catch by Tennessee State. Moss uh, catch that ultimately set up a field goal, a 51-yarder. They got it done. It actually sent it to overtime. They were like, all right, we're going to take our chances. Um, they got the playoff. Nice play call. B.J. Jones, I would think. Joshua Sims in terms of uh, rolling out. But it was a whistle. Some say inadvertent. I think the referee called it, which called the play dead. They were like, whatever. We're going for it again. Um they muscled it in, got into the two-point, and it's history. It's in the book. So that was my big one. Let me go to you, Charles. Weekend off. What was your biggest game of the week? What did what stuck with you? Uh, the one that stuck with me was uh, Benedict going to Fort Valley and, and whooping uh, Fort Valley uh, for their homecoming. Uh, that said, was huge. You. Yeah, that, 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 that was all old They put whooping. out the belt. Yeah, they broke out the belt and, and went to work. But uh, – uh, shout out to Benedict getting that uh, getting it uh, done there at Fort Valley. Uh, as I call them, the Fighting Tennis Bears. They <laughs> were able to stay undefeated on the weekend. So shout out to Benedict Tigers for a very good win. Yeah, man, they were fighting Tennis Bears. BJ Jones, man, what was yours? What was your matchup yesterday that had you thinking about? Ooh. Man, it was Tennessee State and Lane. Um, man, watched the game. Um, saw that it was close. I went in and took a letter, and Lane did everything to give that game away. Uh, coming down the stretch, 
uh, Lane def uh, defensively, they get a big stop. They take over at about around the 40-yard line, and there is like a minute and change left. Tennessee State has one timeout. Lane goes five wide and throws the ball three times and runs like a total of maybe, I think it was like 14 seconds off the clock. And then you punt the ball, and it was a 15-yard punt. So you didn't really change field position um, at all. And at that point, I was like, man, Lane is just going to give this one away. Um, and, you know, Tennessee State drives down, you get the catch, and then you get the field goal. I was like, yep, Tennessee State is going to pull this one off. But, you know, Lane fought back, and, and congratulations uh, to Coach Byron Brown and those guys up there in Jackson, Tennessee. Yeah, that was big. That was big. Uh, with that, let me go to you, A.D. Drew. What was on your mind? What stuck out to you? You know, uh, Charles took my one, one A game. Uh, <laughs> my one my one C game was Albany defeating Miles, but my one B had to be the double overtime Tuskegee Clark in the battle Ooh. of student versus teacher uh, game uh, up there in Atlanta. And I'm sorry, but unfortunately. Haven't seen any clips of that game. Was able to catch the radio broadcast on the uh, Golden, on the Tuskegee Digital Network, but uh, sounded like it was a very exciting game. I caught the end of that game, and you know, just the fact that student beach teacher the last time that these two will probably face each other as Ruffin is retiring this year. You know, I thought that was a good game for this uh for this week. Well, we've fish, officially outdone ourselves. We have the Aggie Eagle, Eagle Aggie Classic, depending on which way you want to see it. I learned that much on the show today with us. So we're going to go with Jamie Walker. Uh, what are your thoughts in terms of yesterday's matchups? What stood out to you? Well, other than my own, uh, I'm going to give kudos to Johnson. Nah, we'll we, we go back to it. Um, but Johnson Smith. <laughs> Uh, Maurice Flowers, man, getting that first win and notching it over um, Elizabeth City State. Um, finally kind of being able to get over the hump. Um, you know, he had some times at Fort Valley, but went back to his alma mater and really had been playing good ball this year, but just could not notch that W. So it was a thing of them uh, with the with the up and coming Elizabeth City State squad who, you know, who was that perennial doormat, but really has played good ball. Uh, you thought coming into that game that, um, that you know, it was a little more evenly matched. But as you can see, you know, as far as the final score, you know, John C. Smith, I think after last week, them kind of predicting that they were going to win um, that game, you know, kind of settled down, was a little more humble and said, we're going to go, go, you know, play good ball. So they did, defeating um, Elizabeth City State uh, handily and, and notching that first W of the season. So, We'll see if they can have some momentum going forward, and we'll go from there. Congratulations, Coach Flowers. Man, that's a great call. Yeah, anytime you can notch the first W, that's a good thing. Let me go to Joshua Sim. Senior, what's on your mind? What stuck out for you yesterday? Everybody on the show knows what where I'm going with this. We, <laughs> we talked a little bit about it at, at, before we came onto the show, but before I even get into that, Doc, let me give a shout-out to Coach Frazier, man. He's got that Virginia State team. Rolling, they beat Shaw yesterday, 28-24, man. That was a good win, man. I, I talked to Coach Manigo, man. That, that offense is clicking, man. So, uh, salute to Coach Frazier and that Virginia State team. They hit a, a nice stride, too, by the way, um, here lately. But uh, without question, man, the, the thing that kind of stood out to me yesterday was uh, I lost against Campbell. Let me, let me say this. Um, for those of the, of the people who are listening and watching who may not be as abreast as it comes to football. He said, I lost. Yeah. yeah, I lost. You know, we, we lost. You know, it hurt. I, I put out a tweet yesterday. I said, nobody as that that's a fan is hurting more than I am. Uh, because I look at that team and, and I saw that. I saw a different team yesterday. But let me say this for those who may be listening and watching who may not be as, as knowledgeable as it pertains to football as most of us here on, you know, all of us here on the, on the panel. Football is a game between good teams. It's a game of scheme and strategy. And so I have to give a major kudos to Coach Mike Minter and that staff at Campbell on the scheme and strategy that they came out with yesterday. I went back and looked. North Carolina Central has not played an up-tempo football program in four seasons. The last time we played a team that was up-tempo was when we went to go play Duke 
and they ran up tempo on us. And that was because they were FBS and they just knew they could outpower us and outnumber us. So we hadn't played a team with up tempo in a long time. Kudos to coach Mike Mentor knowing that, knowing that it was an evenly balanced game between, you know, the, the skill and the talent. It was not because of their offensive line play. I cannot drive that home enough. I've watched that game now between last night and this morning three times. It's up tempo. That is the great equalizer when it comes to college football. If you cannot keep up with a team, it becomes a windfall and you are not going to be able to catch your footing until you down 28 points like we were at halftime yesterday. Kudos to our defense. Coach Court. Coach Core came out in the second half with a total different scheme you know, and, and really kind of controlled that up-tempo in the second half. Um, you know, we we licking some small wounds going into our bye week this week. You know, we got Morgan State. And I will say this, Doc, before I, before I pass it off, I saw a lot of fans of teams inside of MEAC talking crazy yesterday. Please <laughs> recognize your time is coming. We'll see y'all soon. Start with Morgan State Thursday night. I'll be there. Josh, quit looking at that tape, man. Don't hurt yourself like that, man. Don't yeah, quit, I'm, man. Done. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, 24 hours is usually what I give myself, especially now that I ain't playing no more, I ain't coaching no more. 24 hours, I watch some film, and then I'm done, dog. I can't he, he do it just, no more. He just put everybody on the me on the clock, boy. I tell you, man, that's great. Hey, hey Let Doc. me give a shout-out oh. to uh, Luxury Goods uh, in terms of this jacket here. Uh, TV folks of mine, luxurygoodscompany.com. For those out there shopping for their wear, particularly at Prairie View Land, just wanted to give them a shout out in hey. terms of putting me on this. Let's get into our first break. We'll turn it around. We'll get back into it as we move on to some of the matchups. This is Dr. Mills inside the HBCU Sports Lab with a host of your HBCU gurus that's going to break it down and give you all the information you need this morning. Great matchups and getting to week five as we start to talk about that. You snuck out there with some Virginia State. And Dr. Henry Frazier III, as he slowly, quietly, maybe with some getting it done. Big matchup for him as he goes home next week. We'll do that as a little tease. You'll get that in the fourth quarter for some official matchups of week five. But with that going on, let's get into our first break so we can break down some of the matchups that happened yesterday that had you either excited this morning or going to sleep. When I say excited, you know, some people know what I'm talking about. Something about those classic <laughs> trophies that are really nice. <laughs> we'll be right back after this break. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports Tell everybody Network. they can follow their dreams. Let's get back to getting ticks instead of watching flicks. Before we can safely get out there, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your crew. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language, and she really loves her grandson, like really loves. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. The analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love life and who the So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson.
This is Dr. Ville with Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Let's break down some of these mid-major matchups. As y'all talked about, you know, don't slip on what's going on in the mid-major land. They're getting into some battle conference play. Let's start it up outside west of the Mississippi, furthest that is. It's number two Langston Lions, 5-0. and Overall, 4-0 in conference play. They just continue to roll. They defeat Lion Scotts. Historically white college, 1-4, 0-4, was the final of that game. They were at home uh, for that uh, Sooner Athletic Conference. A.D., did you tell us a little thoughts in terms of what Langston continues to get done squarely, the only NIA team up in the top five, and they had number two getting it done. What are your thoughts on that matchup? What they get done, the, the easier question to ask, what do they not get done as they are – they on the road, but we've seen this before, Doc. Because I believe they jumped out seven and oh last year before losing right. their final three games and winded up on the outside looking in. Um, just just looking at the stats uh, for for this game, it was just a dominating performance by Langston as they had. I know Charles. Morgan, you always you always talk about how solid is he is the coach, and I'm coming back to you, Drew, with some stat data that you have. Talk a little bit about why you think Morgan just continues to roll, Coach Morgan, over at length. Yeah, great, great question, Doc. I mean, when you, when you stop and take a look at Morgan over uh, Quinn Morgan over the past uh, what three, four years, uh, I mean, he just gets this team up week in, week out uh, to to just uh, be dominant. And that's what they've been doing. Uh, I mean, uh, and that's why his name is always on short list for, for coaching vacancies at, at bigger programs. Uh, he is just a good, solid coach. And uh, their teams are always prepared week in, week out. So I, I always, uh, you know, I take my hat off to him because, you know, every time there's a big matchup, we kind of look over there and peek, peek, peek over there and see what's happening in Langston without fail. They're ready to go week in, week out. I like that because that's right. We just kind of peek over there. Yeah. Going back to you with some data points. What's some data points you got in some of those stats that stood out to you, Drew? Larry Harrison, 263 yards in the air, four touchdowns. And Markel Scott and Todd Davidson combined for 150 rushing yards. Langston had 509 total yards of offense compared to 137 for their opponent. Nice. Joshua Sims. Let's go up to CIAA country uh, in Virginia. Number six, the Virginia Trojans, 4-1, 3-0. Doctor, the fighting doctors, I guess you call it, Dr. Henry Frazier III. I love that. <laughs> Coach Doctor. Uh, I was in his dissertation defense. I'll say that at Prairie. Defeat Shaw Bears, 1-3, 1-1. 28-24. slug it out, but he got it done. Trojans score. Go ahead. Touchdown late with less than a minute left to earn their fourth straight victory, defeating Shaw 28-24. What are your thoughts? Yeah, man, uh, uh, coaches got Virginia State clicking on on that offensive side of the ball, man. It, it was a tough game, 28-24. I did uh, try to catch a little bit of that game, and uh, it, it wasn't a great defensive game. Um, but what I will say is the offense was, was really clicking, man. Um, Jordan Davis, man, uh, the quarterback from Virginia State, and this kid is lights out, man. Uh, coach Manigo, Lamar Manigo, who's the offensive coordinator there, he was my wide receivers coach, my position coach in North Carolina Central. He's the OC there. And, man, Coach Manigo has got this kid rolling. And if you talk to Coach Manigo, Coach Manigo will tell you, this kid is smart between the ears, man. He really, really knows what he's looking like. Outside of that interception yesterday, that was a really a un- – it was like a forced mistake. That interception you threw yesterday – was not, you know, him making a bad decision as much as it was a little bit of pressure in his face. He had to let the ball go. Receiver did not come back to the ball. So he got an interception mm-hmm. there. But outside of that, 16 to 31 for 257 passing yards, two passing touchdowns. He did a little bit on the ground too. Man, this kid, you know, 33 yards yesterday on the ground. He, he scored two touchdowns on the ground. It's just, I mean, this kid does everything. All four touchdowns yesterday has something to do with Jordan Davis. And ultimately, when you see your offense is clicking like that and your court and all of your offense is going through your quarterback like that, you feel like you're in a good position. You know, Central's on a bye week next week. I've told myself I'm going up for that Virginia State-Bowie State game next weekend. Uh, I want to see, man. I want to see with my own two eyes. Hopefully, Coach Manning will give me a sideline pass so I can come holler at Coach Frazier and, and, and bother him while he's on the sideline. I know he gonna, I know what he's going to call me. 
Exactly. <laughs> let him know. Let him know that this Dr. Camille's inside the HBCU Sports Lab will be repping, and he'll take care of you. You know, that's what Absolutely. we do on the show. Yeah. We, we make it live like that. Uh, with that being said, quick pop quiz: Can Virginia State even put a scare in Virginia, or Virginia just keeps the road? Between I know Virginia's- that's a week away, but you know, pop man, quiz. I. I- it's like outside of Albany State right now, man, Virginia Union is the most complete team that I've seen this year. Give I me mean, some intrigue. I want an intrigue. I mean, I, 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 I want to make it intriguing. Bitch. I swear, brother, bitch, I want to make it intriguing. If Virginia State, here's hey, what I will say, for some intrigue, if they no, can go right, up to Bowie right, next hey, week. Keep it as a tease. Keep it right there. Keep it as a tease? All right, cool. All right, we'll leave you yeah, tease. Keep it as a tease. I didn't want you to put it out there yet. All right. We got a couple of weeks. Because we'll I do have a, I do have a theory, Doc, on how they can get it done. But I, I know. We're going to gonna want it. you to tune in as we get into it. We tease it out sometimes like that. We I got you. Keep it as Charles said. <laughs> give me some intrigue. B.J. Jones comes to you since they talking about intrigue. This game wasn't intrigue. We thought it would be some top five matchup going into Fort Valley, Georgia. This is at home. Wildcat Stadium, SIEC East Division, the number three Benedict Tigers, 5-0, 3-0. They go on the road and take down a top five previously undefeated Fort Valley State Wildcats that are now 4-1, 1-1 in that East Division, 45-13. Man, what were your thoughts in terms of this matchup? Man, you remember back in the mid-'90s when you used to have sort of big fight parties for Mike Tyson fights? Yeah, you got I all the sub sandwiches and the pizza, and everybody <laughs> comes over, and then you run to the refrigerator, and everybody goes, "Oh!" And it's so over. <laughs> it's this game, all right? That was this game, man. We we hyped this game all week, man. To me, it was my game of the week. Uh, you know, Fort Valley, uh, Benedict, both undefeated, uh, divisional opponents, and Chinnisbury's teams do what Chinnisbury does. They run the football. They're physical up front. They dominated Fort Valley on both fronts, offensively and defensively. Uh, they forced turnovers, and Fort Valley could not do anything on the ground. Made them one-dimensional, man, and it was lights out. And it was homecoming at Fort Valley, so there was a lot of upset people uh, down in South Georgia on yesterday. Ooh! Ooh! Good points, man. Yeah, that's what happens when you're the host and you're that good host. Somebody say, hey, you got a beer? Yes, let me get you one. <laughs> Just <laughs> oh, as DJ Jones, and you just mad because you just spent all this money, all this food, and it's over with. It's time to listen to mute. Oh my goodness! You know, Doc. I mean, Fort Valley came into that game. They were the number one defense in the uh, SIAC in terms of run defense, and Benedict goes for almost three bills on 299 yards. I mean, Zaire Scotland four touchdowns on the day. I, I, I got to take my hat off to Benedict. I, I didn't see that coming. I thought it was going to be like that old Tyson fight. Like like you said, you know, where you everybody's all excited, all excited, and all of a sudden it's first-round knockout. And that's what happened. Got two weeks, Flaw. fellas. Two weeks for the build-up. Albany State, Benedict, Albany, Georgia. I like it. That's a I nice go to football D2 riders hyping it up like he's supposed to. Two weeks and counting. Boy, next week will be fun because it'll be time to really lead into it. Good build-up, A.D. Drew. Let me sneak over here to Jamie Walker and go back a little bit to Nashville, Tennessee, Hell Stadium, John Merritt Classic. You know, North Carolina A&T is one of the teams Tennessee State was asking for, maybe to replace Jackson State in that Classic. Mm, I don't know if they want the Aggies right now. They got a little bit of work to do up there in Tennessee State. With that being said, we're not asking that question. We'll break down a little bit about Lane Dragons 3-2-0-1. and I know we opened up with a salvo, but let's go into numbers. Tennessee State. Tennessee State did rush for 226 yards in that loss. What are your thoughts in terms of this matchup with the two teams that have the numbers on the helmet? Boy, it was fascinating watching it as the Lane Dragons improved to 3-2. and Overall, 1-0 in terms of conference play. Uh, Tennessee State falls to 0-4. Oh, is it time to panic in Nashville? Mm-hmm. I think it absolutely is time to panic in Nashville. Uh, <laughs> I, I think. Yes, in a, uh, uh. Go ahead, <laughs> no, I think it absolutely is because right now you're not sure what direction that team is going in, and really, just overall, they had a bunch of plans going into the season about you know what the future was going to look like, but right now they need to concentrate on the now and not next. Um, when you're looking at that game, I'm going to start off with Lane. 
they played, um, you know, UAPB really tough in, in Pine Bluff. And I knew going into this game that they would be able to sustain anything offensively that um, that Tennessee State does because Tennessee State's offense really hadn't been doing anything since the Eastern Washington game. Um, it wasn't a thing they were able to you know, power run or or just really get anything up in the passing game. So, you know, Lane, I, I felt Lane was going to be in it from the rip. And just even looking at the numbers, um, you know, Michael Huntley didn't even play. You know, you're looking at, at, at McKenzie that came in 15 to 26 173 yards in the touchdown. Um, you know, Ike Brown, you know, 16 carries, 63 yards. So the numbers itself was somewhat pedestrian in relation to what Lane does um, offensively. But they were able to score and stay in it, and that defense just came to play. Um, I was worried going into the game that that power running game of um, Tennessee State was going to overpower Lane in certain ways just because of the divisions and the type of players, the you know, transfers that Tennessee State was able to bring in. But kudos again to Lane. You know, outside of that Benedict game, you know, you're, you're talking about a team that's really been playing really good ball. And you may see these two, those two um, same teams in the SIAC championship. I know Albany State will have something to say about it. But definitely um, you could see them again because they are playing good ball and could very well win that West. So, you know, shout out to them once again. Yeah, the only thing maybe you can have, hold your hat on Tennessee State is your starting quarterback, running back was out. So maybe that gives you um, a glimpse. You continue to do it on the defensive side of the ball, but, yeah, the backup quarterback that came in, you know, had the pick six, uh, and then they got the fumble that turned into touchdowns that really led to the points that ultimately became huge in terms of the difference at the game. You know, so that's you know, something Dr. that Tennessee State think about. Doc, Doc what makes this game uh, real disheartening for Tennessee State, they had 11,000 fans on campus at Hale mm. Stadium for, for that AL. So that, that, that's huge. They put the press box on the other side, calling the game. And so aesthetically, uh, shout out to OVC Tennessee State in terms of what they did there and uh, Dr. Mickey Allen in terms of what he's getting done on campus because it's certainly aesthetic-wise, as I like to say, the HBC athletic, athletic aesthetics, it looked good. So that's, that's another thing they can be excited about. But we'll see how long that lasts if you keep on putting a performance of that. And we get in that fourth quarter, we'll talk yeah. about the fact that you got the Wildcats coming to town, which is not going to be any easier for them. Hold on as we get in this break. We'll be right back as we get into the third quarter, get into some halftime battle of the bands that went down, State Fair Classic, Grambling Prairie View. Uh, we'll get in a little bit of that as we get into some huge matchups and get into the major division. Stick with us after we'll be right back after this break. Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information. Driving offers the most advanced and luxurious pickup in its class. Yeah, it rocks. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never, ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. 
If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love ya, and who the ball, So listen to Professor, yes sir, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab <laughs> with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. We got the full team on this place, and then you coming out of those breaks sometimes. Thomas will get you going, man. Y'all, they hear the Eddie. outtakes. Exactly. <laughs> Haiti Drew, BG, BJ Jones, Jamie Walker, Joshua hey, Tim Sr., uh, with the professors in the building, giving you all types of breakdown of what's going on. Let's start it off with the classic. It's jumped up over the attendance leader. I know it's early, and we got some big ones coming uh, with the Bayou Classic, obviously. Um, Magic City Classic, Florida Classic, but right now, pushing over the Southern Heritage Classic to some degree is the State Fair Classic. It looks like, attendance-wise, as they were over 50-plus, I think the count was 53, if I'm not mistaken, uh, plus in that matchup, and it certainly looked good on television in terms of the crowd early, uh, but essentially after the halftime show, uh, they bailed out of there. Grambling tried to muscle a comeback, but everything fell short. Let me get into the breakdown a little bit with A.D. Drew. What were your thoughts in terms of State Fair Classic when you had the number three, Prairie and Panthers, three and two, three and oh, defeat the Grandma State Tigers, one and four, 0 oh and two, 34 to 14 in the State Fair Classic. Grambling still does not have the G, and Prairie View did not make sure they got it back on them. Dallas, Texas was the scene of the crime. A.D. Drew, what are your thoughts? Uh, first of all, very good game as far as the aesthetics on TV with the crowd there in the cotton bowl and how they had everybody spaced out. So it didn't look like, uh, you know, it, it, it didn't look empty. It didn't see the tarps and everything like that to make the stadium appear smaller. Now, as far as rambling goes, remember no chief. So they're called rambling. Mm-hmm. I am trying to figure out what the heck was going on on special teams. I saw not one, but two, Special teams plays where the punt returner made, for lack of a better word, bonehead decisions. The one where he ran up uh, with the call fair catch and decided he didn't want to let the ball drop and ran up at the last minute and the ball just just basically went through his arms on an end-over-end kick. He had to run or try to cover five yards at the, at the end, and he probably should have just went on ahead and let that one uh, drop since he was not in the proper position. And then the one where you had to go back and watch the replay to figure out what the hell happened when the ball hit off the blocker's helmet as he was trying to block for the uh, for the kick returner there. So, uh, you know, you think we got problems with quarterback and everything? Special teams, I mean – those two plays just kind of stuck out with me when I was watching the game. Like, boy, it, it, it's bad down there at the at the I can't even call them the G in Rambling, Louisiana. Yeah, when it goes bad or goes south, sometimes it really goes south. With that being said, BJ Jones smiling a little bit. He's talking about the overall regular coach wherever he is. I'm not gonna go there. I'm not gonna go there. Oh, yeah. Gosh. I tried not to laugh. Yo. Bring you in here and give a little more uh, data analytics or wherever the direction you want to go with the state fair class and yourself. Any thoughts you had on that? Oh man, I mean for Grambling, man, it's they have talent and spots, man. Those running backs are very talented that they have. Um, you can see the talent and spots they have, and it's just the inability to put it all together. I mean, they jumped out. Remember that fourth and one? They go for it. Uh, they break the touchdown, and then it gets called back, and nothing ever was the same in that ball game from them. And you you got to start wondering, man, uh, right now you're 0-4. You got to go to Alabama and them next weekend, which isn't an easy place to win. But for whatever reason, Grambling does have Alabama and them's, you know, number. If right. you don't get off the snide, then how is the, the, the psyching of that locker room? Hmm. Yeah, good point. Charles, you want to sneak something in there on that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's... Grambling looked like this. You know, you had the Jack State Grambling matchup for years. Yeah. 
kind of had Jackson State numbers, so you've seen it from this perspective. Mm-hmm. Jackson State is rolling now against Grambling in those last two matchups. What are your thoughts just generally? I know it's different yeah. coaches in those, but. No, it, it kind of unfortunately resembles the time before Broderick Fives got there. Uh, and it's, a, it's just a team that's really, really searching for an identity. Uh, like BJ mentioned, they, they have some talent in spots, but uh, they can't have they, – they're, they're not getting that, that play that gets them over the hump. They, they had a touchdown call back uh, yesterday. But uh, it's, it's, it's a team that's really searching for an identity. It made a quarterback change. Uh, yesterday with uh, Julian Calvez coming in the game. And that seemed to give them a little bit of a spark there in the second half uh, where they were able to get a couple touchdowns uh, in the second half and and kind of, you know, reinvigorate the sideline, if you will. But uh, right now it's, it's, it's a team fighting and scratching and, and, and hoping for that that play that's going to get them over the hump and they, it hasn't happened as yet. Talking about turning around, let's go to you, Jamie Walker, with A&T. You've seen this up close. You follow this team. They've won two straight. They were 0-3, and a lot of folks were ready to write off the Aggies. Fortunate for them, they hadn't gotten the conference play. This was first conference game in terms of before they go to Colonial next year, and it was against one of the newest members. At home, Truist Stadium, Greensboro, North Carolina, Big South matchup, North Carolina A&T State goes to 2-3, and 1-0, and defeating the Bryant Bulldogs 1-4-0 and in 1-24-13. Uh, jumped out early in that matchup came down and made some plays, which I thought were important to make sure they sealed the victory. What were your thoughts in terms of what the Aggies got done in their matchup yesterday? Well, I mean, it was a tale of two, um, really two halves. Uh, A a lot of it um, existed where you have to consider some things going into the season. Um, Of course, losing their defensive coordinator to uh, North Carolina Central, uh, losing, you know, head, you know, assistant head coach Sean Gibbs, who's at Fort Valley. A lot of personnel changes and things of that nature. So the 0-3 start, yes, to 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 somewhat to be expected, but um, you know, changes is inevitable. But going into this ball game, you know, Bryant had a decent passing game. They almost beat FIU uh, earlier in the season, so it wasn't as they were coming into um, a, a new conference just being completely you know, devoid of talent. This is a good, you know, passing ball game. But give kudos to, you know, what, you know, we we do at A&T, and that is stop the run and, and you know, run the football well. And that's kind of what it came down to is going back to A&T football. Uh, playing four quarterbacks wasn't necessarily in the plan. And as you saw the, the, um, the game kind of develop, you know, you still ended up playing two quarterbacks. Uh, with Eli Brickhandler being hurt uh, possibly for the season. So, you know, Jalen Fowler um, started and, and you know, they jumped out to a 14-3 lead and then they put Zach Yeager in, which kind of broke the momentum of the entire game, which was interesting. Um, so I think they'll have to concentrate on, on what goes on there because I think both are talented, but uh, regardless, whoever can kind of lead this offense and, and, and make it stable – I think that's who you stick with. But, you know, kudos to Bashul to once again, toting the rock, um, 27 carries uh, over uh, 114 yards, um, you know, three receptions as well. So, again, that's the bell cow. He was able to begin it and end it. Uh, when it comes to the- Four interceptions for that Aggie defense. They're getting their corners back. Um, they're getting a lot of personnel back. Jermaine McDaniel came back yesterday. So they were injured, uh, but you s- kind of see them rounding into shape uh, going into Big South play. Uh, 1-0 in the Big South so far. We'll see. As we can see, you can kind of see the teams develop in that conference when you, when you see, you know, the likes of Campbell um, and other squads that are, you know, are reputable foes. But just give kudos to them being able to start and finish well uh, with the running game. So, Looking forward to seeing, you know, them go on a bye week and then, you know, return with Edward Waters and Robert Morris. So right now they can get a few wins if they continue playing well. Uh, but they still have to continue working on the discipline part of um, of their football. Uh, you can see that the secondary, which was a huge problem last year, uh, rounding the shape with, um, um, you know, secondary coach Jason McCronos. Great. Uh, who great, was really great points in. on the – uh, as your secondary, because as you said, they were a weak point this year, and they kind of stood up and getting it done there uh, in terms of what that looks like. So it'll be interesting, and a lot of folks had that Campbell 
uh, at the beginning of the season uh, seeing up and with what Campbell got done yesterday, you would think that too. Joshua Sims, I want to go in a different direction for you in terms of this matchup because you kind of broke it down earlier. Um, what do you do uh, as you've been in the coaching Fox over this bye week, if you would, to put yourself in position as you really get into conference play? What are your thoughts in terms of what that looks like after a tough road loss like this? Yeah, man. Even Dr. though you had a bigger road win, top 25, so now you kind of balance it off. You would think you get your players' attention. What are your thoughts in terms of moving forward? Yeah, and, and Doc, that's, that was one of the things that I talked about this morning, even with some of my, my teammates, uh, my former teammates. And we talked about, you know, how New Hampshire's offensive line was very similar to Campbell's, and we were able to utilize our, our, size, our speed and our quickness and, and a great scheme to be able to beat New Hampshire where it was with, with Campbell wasn't so much that. And, and the big thing, the number one thing that I, I'm hoping that we are able to do in this bye week is get healthy. Uh, Brandon Codrington and that broken hand, um, this is a preseason, all-conference, all-American like caliber player that we're missing out there on the corner. Yesterday, he tried to come in the game yesterday with a clubbed arm, clubbed hand, and messed around and tweaked the ankle just because he just couldn't take it no more. He couldn't take seeing what was happening yesterday with that tempo. And, you know, one of the things we don't believe, 1801 Family Street, we do not believe in moral victories. You know, so uh, I think the first thing we've got to do, Doc, is get healthy. The second thing we've got to do is recognize that that Campbell game is not cognizant of the team that we have. We're 4 and one going into going into the bye week where right now still, even with what happened yesterday, we're the second best team in HBCU uh, in, in major division HBCU. And now we're getting ready to go into conference play where we can, where we can be able to kind of assert ourselves because none of these teams that we're playing in conference are up tempo. I mean, let's just keep it real. Shout out to Delaware state yesterday beating Robert Morris. Good. Oh my goodness. Nobody saw Big that. Win. that win. Great win. Shout out, uh, you know, Howard yesterday lost to Yale. You know, uh, South Carolina State this week has got to get ready to take on Florida AM. Now, we get a chance to see, we get a chance this week to sit back and see Norfolk State and, 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 um, Morgan State. North, North, and Morgan State play this week. We get a chance in a perfect week to sit back and see who the rest of the teams in the conference really are. We expose one part of our team that, you know, I don't think that any other teams in the conference can be able to take advantage of. And if they can, we get enough time to be able to adjust our, our, our team and our players to get better. But the first thing at the very top of that list, Doc, is we've got to get healthy. We've got two like offensive line. We got two line. offensive linemen in our depth that's down. Brandon Codgers is down. We got one of our running backs in that stable that's down. Couple receivers that are a little banged up. Let's get healthy, man. Let's get Davius back to 100% or as close to 100% as possible. We know when he's clicking, we go. So those those that would be the number one thing I would say, Doc. That is important in terms of health, and we know that attrition on the football field is deep and stuff like that. I see Charles back there smiling in terms of Jackson State just sitting back in the pecking house. Wait your time. It's coming with B.J. Uh -huh. Jones. <laughs> what are your thoughts in terms of Southern and Pine Bluff as we got the <laughs> got his butter out. The golf club. <laughs> Think on. Keep waiting, man. It's sitting fat. But we have a couple other Teams that want their chances, we'll see. Homecoming is coming up for a couple of teams. But B.J. Jones, Pablo came back to when they got it done during the spring season against Southern. But it was a total opposite game this year. Southern Jaguars improved the two and two, uh, one and one in conference race, defeating Arkansas Pablo two and three, zero oh and two, fifty nine to three, twenty eight points in the second quarter. Huge matchup. You would think. Uh, that Pine Bluff 0-2 really falls out of the race in a lot of ways. And this why, in some ways, this game was so important because one of the teams were going to essentially be out. It wasn't the Jaguars. What are your thoughts in terms of that matchup? The biggest thing, this is what you wanted to see coming off of the disappointing loss to Texas Southern. And you talk about a weak man where your, your manhood, uh, your moxie, everything that you are as a team, as a coaching staff, has been called into question. I'll just call it what it is. Um, and it was really getting back down to basics. Um, go out and, and play the, the the level of ball that you're that you're capable of playing. And looking at that that score, Southern still hadn't played this best game yet, uh, particularly not on the offensive side of the ball at the quarterback position. 
Uh, we left a lot um, out there to be desired uh, from a quarterback spot. Uh, offensively, limiting the turnovers. Defensively, look, that defensive line, and I, I want to say we played nine guys up there yesterday, they're special. All nine of them. It's not four. All nine of them um, are special. The young guys in the linebacker position, the secondary, um, you're starting to see some of those guys in the rotation that we didn't have at the beginning of the year. And I think now you're starting to see the upward trajectory, and it sets up a very, very uh, crucial game next week as we travel out there to you guys, Dr. Yeah, way to set it up. B.J. Jones, we'll come back at the fourth quarter and we'll talk about some of those matchups next week because they get good. Let's get into it. Let's get into our last break and figure out some matchups next week. We'll be right back as we turn it over. Let's get into that fourth quarter. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this last break. Hey, Grace. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us. Let's say I found the one who takes me to another level. Always stays calm under pressure. Most importantly, the one that helps me discover the coolest places. This sounds wonderful. Come outside, I'll introduce you. They're here. Definitely the one. (laughs) Introducing the all-new Nissan Frontier. At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplify Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplify Development Services. It's like a loop machine. All around town, we're trying to get down. The analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're gonna tell you if your team, if they want a lot of and who's about. So listen to Professor Yesler and pay attention because he's gonna teach a lesson. That yes, he did. He did. <laughs> this is Dr. Bill with Inside HBCU. Want to get another season coming into this? A lot of folks got excited and they keep talking about this expansion talk. So, I wanted to show a little bit about this week because week six is what you would see if you were into this thought process of an expansion of the swag. It's fascinating to me because a lot of folks talked about the fact that they wanted Tennessee State and all of a sudden they came out there with the South Carolina State talk and I told everybody Dr. Charles McCullough is not going to do that in, uh, in terms of disrupting the MEAC uh, in terms of purposely going after South Carolina State now with the change of the AD I certainly don't see that happen but for full disclosure in terms of what this looks like this would, would be what a 14-league SWAT would look like in terms of matchups on the Saturday, and this is a Saturday. When I saw this, I was like, Mm. I'm going to tease this out early in terms of that. You have Grambling at Alabama A&M, which would be be an East-West matchup, which is that. You have FAMU South Carolina State, which would be an Eastern Division matchup. You have Jackson State at Alabama State, Eastern Division matchup. That's Alabama State homecoming. Uh, Jackson State it said rumor that they're going to put a 50, 60, I don't know, something. Oh, no, no, no. They ain't said nothing like that. They ain't said nothing like that. Oh, no. 
<laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> and then you have uh, Texas Southern, Arkansas, Pine Bluff in the West. Those teams will fight it out. You got the matchup that B.J. Jones teased out, Southern Prairie View. Big one in the West in terms of leaders at the top. You have Bethune-Cookman at Tennessee State. That would be a Eastern Division matchup conference game. And now, all of a sudden, at Alcorn State Valley, you would think Valley would slide over to the West, so that would be a West uh, matchup. So you see that, obviously, uh, as we get into slide two, I'm always pushing for the R2 framework of that. And so um, with 11 HBCUs currently, the SWAC has five. If you bring in Tennessee State, I'm always pushing for the Atlanta market with Clark Atlanta University in terms of what that would look like. Now you would have seven R2. So if you get back into this third slide, you will see where you slide out South Carolina State and you put in Clark Atlanta there. That would be a Eastern Division matchup. So some talk in terms of SWAC hypothetical expansion membership for those that still are looking at that. But the big thing I wanted to point out is, wow, this is a big weekend in terms of SWAC, whether it's against <coughs> OBC, Tennessee State member or South Carolina State out of the MEAC, giving you another MEAC SWAC challenge. So it should be fascinating this week. So let's get into it a little bit when we talk about the max up. Charles, as you are excited, I'm going to go to you first, uh, Professor Bishop, in terms of what matchup this weekend or two that you want to tell people to keep their eyes on and why. Well, obviously, you got a huge one uh, in the SWAC East, Jackson State and Alabama State. Uh, Jackson State going to Montgomery uh, for Alabama State's homecoming. So let me do my part for Dr. Jason Cable. As uh, we giggled last night, uh, uh, all points within Alabama, you need to make your way to Montgomery uh, this upcoming weekend. I don't care if you're from Huntsville. Y'all know y'all not going to that uh, A&M grammar game. But Huntsville, Mobile, Birmingham, <laughs> Anniston, uh, Ardmore. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> wherever else. I, I want y'all in Montgomery this weekend. That's going to be a huge matchup. Uh, you're talking about Alabama State coming off a big road win uh, over Texas Southern, uh, getting ready to defend their home turf. Uh, they swarm as one is what they say. So it's going to be a great matchup, Swackies. Uh, uh, you get a you get an opportunity to see who can really kind of take a firm grip uh, of the Swackies. So we'll see what happens this weekend. And then, of course, Southern in Prairie View. That's going to be a big one. It's Jag Nation comes to Houston, and that's going to be a big one in Prairie View this weekend. I'm, I can't wait to see about that one. Yeah, that, that matchup between uh, Jackson State and Alabama State, for Alabama State home, homecoming, features the top ten matchup, including the number one team uh, consensus in a lot of people's posts. So it'll be fascinating when you talk about it. B.J. Jones, he tells that a little bit, and you did it before. I'm going to go to you in terms of, I believe, what your matchup to watch is on this. Uh, but with that said, what are your thoughts in terms of key matchups this weekend? Oh, man. So, I, you know, definitely I think it starts out in Prairie View, man. Um, uh, Southern visiting Prairie View. And, and look, look, Prairie View fans, we've been out there twice at the new stadium. So you know what time it is. If you don't buy the tickets, we will. <laughs> it will be Baton Rouge Texas again. And there's nothing like having a home game and you feel like the visiting team. That's called um, a call-out. That's a call-out. Yeah, yeah I, like I, it I is, think dude. it's officially that's a good call-out. I will say on this one, um, people have had this game circle on the calendar in terms of Coach Dooley coming back. So I don't think ticket sales will be a problem. The team will be hyped. But the last time you had something like this was when Odoms came to town. And Ooh, it didn't yeah. end well. So that's always in the back of their mind. So I think you'll have a more focused team. So it'll be interesting to see what this looks like. Obviously, you know, Southern is going to be hyped with Dooley. Um, and it'll be fascinating to see, to me, which of the two teams can really just play the game versus playing all the talk and all the chatter that will be around everything outside of it. So great points in terms of what that looks like. I believe Southern with the win will probably drop in the top 10. So you got your second top 10 matchup between SWAC teams, one in the East, one in the West. I agree with you. This should be fascinating. Let me slide to you uh, in terms of Jamie Walker. Uh, what is your big matchup this weekend? What are you looking at uh, for people to keep their eye on? A&T be the Aggies. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that South Carolina State FAMU matchup. Uh, and the reason being is because FAMU beat them uh, handily last year. Uh, it wasn't a matchup. I think 
Right now, FAMU's <laughs> playing <laughs> better. Yeah. <laughs> FAMU's playing better. Uh, but I think uh, South Carolina State has something to show people that it's still uh, one of those those tough outs. So I'm curious to see what happens uh, going into Orangeburg and them, you know, playing, I think, that first home game. I think they've been on the road the entire season. So playing that first home game, what that'll be like um, in relation to can they kind of right the ship? Uh, Coach Buddy Pugh at his uh, la- latest press conference, and tell you what, he, he, he didn't, you know, miss words at all. Um, say Corey Fields not not playing well, and you know he may have to go to the backup, uh, you know, for for just better quarterback play in general. And so uh, I think they're getting healthy as well. So I'm curious to see can they um, can they right the ship, man, and get back on track and get back to South Carolina State football. Yeah, they have the uh, they have the extra week, a <laughs> uh, couple of days when they played on Thursday. It'll be fascinating to see what's going to go in that matchup. In terms of that, hey, hey Jeremy, does Shad Davis have a boat in that? I mean, no, he can't take my quarterback, Corey Fields out. I, <laughs> I think Shaq Davis is like whoever throws us up, I can care less. He plans to come down, put it close, just put it close. Let me go to Jonathan. <laughs> in terms of another Eagles off this weekend, so you got to go off the board. What has your view? Uh, what is on your eyes in terms of the matchup this weekend? Yeah, I, I got a ditto right where Jamie was at, man. That that Florida A&M South Carolina State game. Listen, it, as a North Carolina Central uh, grad, I'm a super fan now. I want to see Corey Fields stay in there. Keep him in there, coach. <laughs> Don't take him out. <laughs> Keep him in there as long as you need to. Wow. But, yo, Dawson, <laughs> Oliver Dawson Stadium is gonna be on point, man. I played. I played twice inside of that stadium. Um, in my four years playing at Central, I played twice there. It's gonna be, it's gonna be all right. It's not gonna be a very packed squad, a packed stadium, man. Uh, South Carolina State is reeling right now, and I know a lot of South Carolina State fans are are very, very um, low right now, um, feeling like you know, obviously coming off of the win. But listen, December twenty twenty one was a long time ago. All right, we're coming up on a year of that. Like at some point, guys, y'all gotta let that go. All right, and, and recognize where you are right now. And make the changes most definitely on the offensive side of the ball um, right now, man. If South Carolina State's going to have a chance in the MEAC this year, Morgan State looks good. Um, and You know what I mean? So if you're going to have a chance this year, you got to make the changes on offense. I, I was joking about keeping Corey Fields in there, you know, half-heartedly. I was joking. But the truth is they got to make some changes, man. That offense does not look fluid. And outside of Shaq Davis, man, they are one of the most inefficient offenses in the entire country. Um, so when you look at that and you look at how inconsistent they are at every at every other position other than where Shaq Davis is at, you got to imagine that they're going to try to do what they can against Florida A&M this weekend. But I don't I don't see it coming out very well for those South Carolina State Bulldogs. So that's just my that's just my perspective, man. That I, That's the game I'm looking at. Cause I want to see South Carolina State. What what are they gonna look like? Who are they? So, yeah. When you talk about that, also South Carolina State defense is not as playing as well as a lot of people thought they would coming in there. So it's interesting. Uh, you teased out a little bit because I thought you would go maybe MEAC, but you got you know, it in there Morgan State and Norfolk State. So that does have my eyes on that one. So let me go to AD Drew and see what his thoughts in terms of this weekend, which direction he's going. You know, he likes to sneak in at mid-major. I wonder if he's going there or if he's going to stay in the major division. What game are you looking at, A.D.? I'm contractually obligated to pull a mid-major game <laughs> for inside the sport, uh, HBCU sports. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Contractually. <laughs> and I, I am going to use that disclaimer in the contract. I am not going with the SIAC game as my matchup to look at. Nice. I C-I-A-A. am going on to the CIAA. Homecoming, Virginia, Virginia State, Bowie State. Yes, sir. Y'all think y'all got a bad in the swag where y'all uh, schedule some of the wrong teams for homecoming? Who the <laughs> hell puts Bowie State as your homecoming opponent uh, if you're in the CIAA? That's number one. But probably even more importantly than that for Bowie State, the fact that they are Virginia State's homecoming opponent. This is an elimination game for Bowie State. Yes, they lose is. this game, they are out of the race in the North. 
Virginia State can afford the loss because they still have the head-to-head matchup with Union. But for Bowie State, two losses, CIAA North, it's over. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Good one when you talk about that. I like that. And you got Dr. Henry Frazier going home uh, to his alma mater in terms of that matchup and where he uh, started his not just playing career, but also his coaching career. So full circle in a lot of ways. So I'm fascinated with that matchup on so many different ways and different levels. So I really appreciate that you put that in there. I'm going to sneak off the board a little bit and go to Nashville with Bethune-Cookman going into Tennessee State. Obviously, both teams are wanting a win bad, no more than Tennessee State. Uh, But they like to believe that HBCUs, particularly the SWAC, uh, that they are superior, are supposed to be better than those. That's not proven to be the point right now. So I think it's going to be interesting. You know Bethune-Cookman is going to fight hard. They can put up points, uh, can play some defense. And so with the offense struggling for Tennessee State, I think that is something uh, to think about. And when I say offense, going back to what you've seen with South Carolina State, it really points at the quarterback play specifically. Obviously, they can run the ball. Uh, which you see in South Carolina. So those are some matchups where in some ways you think the season might be on the line in terms of tilting the wrong way for some of these teams. So that's another reason to really keep your eyes on some of these good matchups. Uh, but I think in a lot of ways, all eyes are going to be on the SWAC this weekend when you get the extended SWAC play, as we talked about, expansion or not. Uh, those non-conference matchups are going to be fascinating and they're pointing there. Kudos to the MEAC. Uh, in terms of their conference game as they get into it. I think that'll be interesting when you think of Oregon State, as y'all said, and then getting into that CIW play, and uh, SIEC just continues to tick along. So fascinating. Great job for everybody. Thank you for listening to Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Yannicka Bill, the Dean of HBCU Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBCU Sports with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Mike's out on assignment. Shout out to the lab listeners getting up with us early this morning, getting into some of the HBC talk to find out what took place on Saturday to see if they agree with our analysis and what their thoughts were. Getting in there, understanding we get into week five as things get a little interesting. Week six, if you're talking about week zero accounting, as things start to shape out, we're going to look at those pretenders and contenders as things start to march into October. You get into October season, and as you see with the jacket, uh, we're getting into that fall serious weather. Shout out again to uh, Luxury Goods. Shout out to them in terms of giving me this jacket. LuxuryGoodsCompany.com. You can check them out. LuxuryGoodsCompany.com. Shout out to them. With that, again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Mills Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock. Sunday at 9 o'clock, we get up and give you your latest and what took place on Saturday. None other than the Better Brothers right here with Charles Bishop, A.D. Drew, Jamie Walker, Joshua Sims Sr., and B.J. Jones. Check them out as we continue to move the needle for you all. Follow me, Dr. Yannickaville, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. On Tuesday, B.J. Jones drops his top five. We'll see. Joshua Sims said that number two. We'll see what uh, B.J. Jones thinks of that as he drops his top two. Uh, and check him out that night as he gets into his Twitter spaces. And then we roll over a Wednesday when you got Joshua Sims Sr. on Wednesday doing his Twitter spaces. Love to see that these two brothers got together and said, let's break this up. Smart move. And now both of them have time and spaces. And they join each other. Check out those spaces. Great dialogue in terms of weekly uh, updates, and these folks get into the numbers. They talk football, so if you want to be in the football head, do it. They also have a little fun. They know how to stick it to each other, so you get that too if you're into some of that swack, HBC, MEAC, smack, as you say, big down deep in the swack territory where uh, it's ugly in the swack. You've heard that before. It's rough in the swack. Officially is what they call it. Get into that. Obviously, check out A.D. Drew. Uh, Brian and AD of Sports Rap, they'll drop it this Sunday night, take you a deep dive, long dive in terms of the week that was. Midterm break. Into the week that is, uh, as you break it down. You got any special guests coming on the show today? Uh, we're supposed to be having somebody from the uh, related to the uh, game in Pittsburgh. 
Uh, haven't quite lined up the who, who that guest will be. Don't know if it's going to be an athletic director from one of the two schools or somebody from the uh, Pittsburgh Collaborative, but we do have that time slot reserved for them. Uh, we'll show that up this afternoon. And we're going to give our midterm grades for the mid-majors, Uh-oh. as we call them over here. Hey, it's week five. It's halfway through the uh, through the D2 season. Woo-hoo, so we're going to give out some midterm mm-hmm. grades. Just for the small schools. Doc, let me upset everybody real quick. Should do it for the Heisman. That's all. All right. See, uh, we're, we're, we're talking deep ones next Let's week. Go. I like it. I like it. Big talk. I like it. Dream big. Continue to move forward as we get into it. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Should do it for the Heisman. Put it out there, at least in terms of talk. I like the fact that you're marketing. And you get into this yeah. business. Part of that, as we do it, and one of the reasons we get out here is to highlight HBCUs, and more importantly, is to highlight these players. So if you get a chance to market those, we can get into realistic whether he's going to win. That's a whole different equation. It's really too early for that anyway. But what we're talking about is highlighting players. All we'll the conversation. That's what we do conversation. on this show on Sunday is to talk about coaches, players, some degree ADs and presidents, chancellors, uh, in terms of the business, obviously those in the conference office that make it the wheels go round. But let's continue to highlight these players as we get into it. Um, with that, Dream Big, continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. AD? Lecture. Jamie, Sims, and Jones, we'll let y'all do it together. Dismiss. Oh, I love it. Great job. All right. We'll holler. All right.